Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. I mean, to hear that the scripture says that you have to be careful because there's a line somewhere. Maybe it's in our own lives. Maybe it's in our culture. Maybe it's in, our, in the midst of our own community. But there's a line somewhere that once you pass that line, there's a point of no return. There's a point of there being no remedy, right? That's a sobering thought. But today, there's hope for us. And that's what this series has been about, isn't it? It's been about a living hope. That's what we see in 1 Peter. That even in the midst of suffering, we all can have hope because we know that this is all temporary, right? These bodies that we have that are falling apart, right? These homes that we have that constantly need to be repaired, this is all falling apart, but we have hope because heaven is right around the corner. And that is a hope that is for anyone who is in Christ Jesus. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter what happens in our culture. It doesn't matter that our culture begins to call evil good and good evil. That doesn't matter to the believer because to the believer, our eventual place of rest is in the presence of Jesus where there will be no disappointment. And that's our hope. Amen? So I can just imagine Peter as he's preparing this last chapter or this last portion of his epistle and all of the things that are running through his head that he wants to cram in, it's kind of like me when I preach sometimes. There's so much more that I want to say than that I have time for, right? So you have to cram everything in. And so all of these scenes, I imagine, are replaying in Peter's mind, these snapshots of the time that he had walked with Jesus and the words that he had heard Jesus teach, And now he wants to share all of this with the reader. He wants to share all of this with you. And so he's cramming, jam-packing everything he possibly can into the end of this epistle. And we get to glean the benefits from that this morning. You're going to see it's an amazing thing. And so what we're going to be looking at this morning, the title of your message, is that we need to be remaining faithful. Right? In the midst of our culture falling apart all around us, we need to remain faithful. And he begins this last chapter of his epistle by giving an exhortation to the shepherds to remain faithful. So he's going to be speaking directly to those church leaders, the ones who God has called and commissioned to lead the church through a season of suffering. Again, just take a step back just for a moment because what, what we believe and what we know is that, yes, this epistle was applicable to all of those who were there during those days when Peter was writing this. But this epistle, this letter that Peter writes to the church of the first century is just as applicable to us where we're at today. The church in America and worldwide, like never before, is going to be coming into a season of suffering. A season of suffering that that we need to be prepared for, that we have to be ready for. And so as we look at these first few verses in this chapter, an exhortation to these shepherds, I want you to understand that this is something that we have no problem teaching at Christ Community Church. We have no problem telling you, the congregation, how your shepherds should be shepherding you. How your pastors should be pastoring you. How they should be caring for your souls. Because before God, we want to stand with a clear conscience and say, we told the people what they need in a shepherd. 
We told them what to look for. And if you ever, if you ever see whoever stands up here from the pulpit not being what this text tells us a shepherd should be, you need to go find another church. Did you hear me? If ever the pastors of this church are not performing what we're going to look at in 1 Peter chapter 5, you need to find another church. And we have no problem standing here and saying that because before the Lord, we want to honor God's call to be shepherds and to be pastors. Let's look at this together. Let's read the first four verses together to begin. It says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So he begins by giving this exhortation to the shepherds. And the first point I want you to write down there, to jot down there, is that shepherds are to be faithful role models. Shepherds are to be faithful role models. Peter says, elders, to the elders, the elders who are among you, I exhort. I'm trying to encourage those elders that are among you. The word literally means someone who is of a mature age with the Lord. Someone who has walked with the Lord, who has some experience with the Lord, and whom the Lord has granted wisdom in order to be able to rule over the congregation or over the people. It was adopted from the Hebrew customs when the elders during the days of the tabernacle, even before the temple, the elders would sit at the gate of the city. And from the gate of the city, they would dispense justice and wisdom. People would come to them with their needs, and instead of going to a judge to decide a lawsuit, they would come to the elders, and the elders would decide who's right, who's wrong, what needs to happen so that justice could take place. And so the, since the church was birthed out of a Hebrew culture, you all understand that, right? Because the church was birthed out of a Hebrew culture, this term elder came with it. And so the elders were the ones who were charged with overseeing, looking over, watching over, and we're going to see that more in depth in just a second, the needs of the body of Christ. So he says, I'm, I want to give a word of encouragement just for a moment to all of the elders of whom I'm a fellow elder, Peter writes. He doesn't say I'm the grand pooba of elders, that I'm the, you know, I'm the Mustafa of elders, I'm the head honcho, I'm the beginning of the church, the church. He doesn't say that. He says, I'm just like one of the other elders. And I want to encourage one of my brothers, one of my brethren, and how they should be shepherding. He says, not only am I a fellow elder, but I'm a witness of the sufferings of Jesus. Now, again, let's take a look at these snapshots from Peter's life just for a moment. Because in my mind, I think as Peter's writing this, he's flashing back to when he's watching Jesus being betrayed by Judas, that kiss that betrays him into the hands of the chief or the high priest's soldiers, the garrison, the guard. And he's watching them spit on him and beat him on the way to trial. And Peter is following from a distance, the scripture says. He's following from a distance. And he's there. He sees what's happening, but he's not engaging. He's not coming to Jesus' aid. He's not trying to stand up for Jesus. He's keeping a safe distance because he's afraid, because he's scared. Three times someone comes to him, Aren't, weren't you one of his followers? Weren't you with Jesus? 
Aren't you one of the disciples? Weren't you one of his inner circle? Three times he denies that he even knows Jesus. And then a rooster crows for the second time. And the scripture says in Luke chapter 22 that at that moment when that rooster crowed the second time, that Jesus looked at Peter and their eyes met. Their eyes connected for that moment. And in that moment, Peter remembered what Jesus had said, that he had foretold that Peter was going to deny his Lord. And Peter's heart broke, and he ran out of the courtyard weeping and sobbing because he had betrayed Jesus. And I think as he's writing this, he's saying, I'm a witness of his sufferings. I watched from a distance. I saw this man who loved the world so much that he went to a cross so that we wouldn't have to. He's trying to appeal to them and say, this is my pedigree. This is, this is my resume. This is why you should listen to what I have to say as we're trying to build up and exhort one another as elders, as fellow elders. He says this, not only was I a witness to the sufferings, he says this, but I'm also going to be a partaker of the glory. I'm going to be able to participate in the glory that will be revealed when Jesus comes. And I think that in my mind, I see Jesus flashing back and remembering the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, where he pulls aside, Jesus pulls aside Peter, James, and John, and it's just the three of them with Jesus. And they go up on a mountain to pray. And while they're there praying, that the glory of Jesus like radiates from inside out, and it bursts out. And all of a sudden, they see his glory for who he is. And at the same time, there appears Elijah and Moses and Peter with his big mouth, right? Big mouth Peter. He says, it's a great thing for us to be here. Why don't we build an altar for Moses and an altar for Elijah and an altar for you, Jesus? And this booming voice speaks from heaven and says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. You see, Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. The law and the prophets were all speaking of the one who would come, and his name is Jesus. And God's voice booms and overshadows the scene and says, this is the one I've been asking you to listen to. And they fall on their faces, do Peter, James, and John. And here's what's amazing, is Peter says, I've been a witness to his sufferings. I've been a witness to his glory, and I believe that I'm going to be able to share in that glory one day. Did you hear that? Now listen, this was Peter's hope. This is what the Lord told to Peter in Matthew chapter 19. He says, when the Son of Man sits on the throne in his glory, you who have followed me will sit with me. You want to hear some hope for you this morning? Maybe you feel like you've been suffering a little more than you should be. Although, really, what do we deserve, right? We all deserve suffering and pain and torment. But sometimes our patience wears thin, and we feel, Lord, what's your plan in all of this? Romans chapter 8, listen to this, says the Spirit himself, the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, if we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. What does it matter if we suffer here on earth? Glory is right around the corner. 
Amen? And that's the hope. That's living hope. That's something that should make us wake up in the morning, no matter how difficult the day before has been, and our hearts should be beating and ready to go out and worship and serve the Lord because we have glory that waits for us. And Peter says, I'm going to be a partaker of that. And the word says, Paul says to the Romans, you who suffer with Jesus, you're going to be partakers in that. You see, it's all about our mindset. Where's our mindset in the midst of this life, in the midst of this suffering? If we're too focused on the here and now, on what's happening on the news and in our nation and in the world, if we're too focused on that, you know what? Our hearts are going to be led astray. We're going to forget the glory that's right around the corner. And when we forget the glory that awaits us, depression sets in. That cloud just hangs over your head. You can't seem to avoid it or to escape it. Glory is waiting for those who suffer with Jesus. Peter says, I've witnessed the glory and I'm going to experience that glory. And so are we. And so are we. Amen. So he says this. Paul says, you too will experience this glory, if you're patient and if you suffer with the Lord. Our second point, shepherds have responsibilities. So our shepherds are to remain faithful role models, but then they have responsibilities. And a part of these responsibilities, it is being a good role model. So let's look, look at this in verse 2 of chapter 5. It says, shepherd the flock. That's your first responsibility. Shepherd the flock. The word means to care for, to tend, and to feed. That's how we are to shepherd. We're to care for and to tend and to feed. And again, a snapshot of Peter's life. I think his mind would have gone right back to that point when Jesus in his resurrected body was standing before all of the disciples and he was speaking to Peter because Peter was the one who had failed him. Peter was the one who said, even if I have to die, I will never forsake you. And what does he say in John chapter 21? He says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then tend my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And it says there that Peter was grieved that he asked a third time, Peter, do you love me? And he says, Lord, you know all things. Lord, you know my heart. You know I love you. And he says, then feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. He's restoring Peter. He's saying, Peter, I want you to care for the needs of others. Peter, I want you to lead others so that they can be fed, so that they can be filled with God's word. I want you to equip them with the tools that they need to go out and to live a Christian life of service. Peter, you're the guy that I want to use despite your failures, despite the times that you've been led astray, despite those moments of doubt that you have and that you've had. You're still the man that I want to lead my people. Imagine what must have happened in Peter's heart when Jesus said, I'm restoring you. I want you to care for my people. Amazing. And now here Peter's saying, we are to shepherd the flock of God. And it says this, shepherd the flock of God which is amongst you. Right? Now, here's the thing. In our culture today, especially in America, there are a lot of celebrity pastors, aren't there? These pastors are not amongst the people. They are untouchable for the most part, right? 
There's a difference between a pastor and a preacher. There is a great call for someone to bring a prophetic word and to preach their heart out and to kind of meet the needs on a spiritual level for millions of people through their preaching. But it's a completely different thing for a man to have the heart of a shepherd who's willing to leave the 99 in the care of another to go after the one who's been led astray, isn't it? In order to know the needs of the sheep, the shepherd has to be amongst the sheep, in the midst of the sheep. You realize that we're all in this walk together, right? The struggles that Pastor Walter or myself or any of the other pastoral staff have, they're the same exact struggles that you have. And we're all on this journey together. And if we're going to know what you need to be fed, if we're to know where we need to go in the text next, what we need to feed you spiritually, we have to be amongst you. We're not untouchable. We should always be approachable, right? So he says, shepherd the flock that is amongst you, serving, serving, I love that word, the word minister, right, literally means to serve. It has like this really high and, and lofty connotation in our language. The word minister literally means a servant or a slave. That your pastor should be a servant in the midst of the congregation. To serve them, and then it says there, as overseers. The word we use for bishop in our English language is this word overseer. And where a shepherd is to tend and to feed, an overseer is to be over the congregation, watching out to protect. And that's the dual role of the elder. The elder is to shepherd and to oversee. Do you understand? And so if your pastors are not shepherding and overseeing in order to protect, then you need to find another church. That's why when things happen in our culture, we address them from the pulpit. You have to be protected. If you do not know the truth, any lie will do. Oh, man, what's much wiser than I first said that? Don't quote that as being me. If you aren't willing to stand for the truth, any lie will do. We have to deliver truth. We have to watch over the congregation so that we pr can protect the congregation from the ploys, the plans of the enemy to wreak havoc in your lives. So to shepherd and to oversee, and it says that we should do this not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. I love that, that we should be eager to serve. The moment a pastor's job becomes that, a job, becomes a burden, there's something wrong in that pastor's life. We should be able to serve willingly and eagerly. That means we cannot wait to get up and get to work in the morning so that we can minister to the needs of the people, so that we can spend time in the Word and say, God, what do you want your people to hear? That's the call of the pastor, and they shouldn't do it for dishonest gain. Now, here's the thing. In John chapter 10, Jesus talked about how a hireling is one who is there for dishonest gain. A hireling isn't a true shepherd who has a relationship with the sheep and has a vested interest in the caring of these sheep. He says a hireling is someone who's there just for the paycheck, just to feed his flesh, just to build up his bank account. He's there for dishonest reasons. He's there for selfish reasons reasons. And Jesus said this, that the moment things get dangerous for the flock, in John chapter 10, the, you'll know if he's a hireling, because the hireling will run off and leave the sheep by themselves. 
to be devoured by the wolves. A true shepherd is the one who stays and remains and leads and feeds and tends and cares for even in the midst of trials and persecution and suffering. Listen very carefully because in the days ahead, as things begin to get worse and worse and continue to get worse and worse in our culture, we will be able to see who the true shepherds are and who the hirelings are by who remains when things get difficult. Did you hear me? The trial that is to come is what God will use to purify his church. And if your heart is not prepared when those trials come, whether you're a pastor or a person in the pews, when that trial comes, if your heart is not pure and ready, if your heart isn't ready for those trials and that persecution, beware. Beware. Because we're going to see the sheep and the goats. We're going to see. It's going to be separated. We're going to see the hirelings and the shepherds. It's going to happen before our very eyes. And I want every single one of you to be ready. So he says, shepherd the flock. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Listen to this. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but by being examples to the flock. See, Jesus said this, and I love this. Some of my favorite verses in all the scripture. Mark chapter 10. He says, Jesus called them, the disciples. He says to them, you can bring that verse up. Mark chapter 10, there it is. Jesus called them to himself. He said to them, you know that those considered rulers over the Gentiles, they lord their position over them, right? And their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so amongst you whom I'm calling to shepherd and serve. Whoever desires to be first amongst you shall be the slave. Are you ready to serve in that way, shepherd? You see, in the world, in the world's economy, the person who has the most power is the person who has the most people working for him, right? Jesus says, in the economy of the kingdom, the person who's greatest in my eyes, the person who's greatest in the kingdom of heaven is not the one who has the most people answering to him. It's the one who's serving the most people, who's ministering to the most people, the one who's willing to give his life away and to pour his life out so that the needs of others can be met. Don't lord over them. Write this verse down in your notes in Ezekiel chapter 34. Go home and read that tonight, verses 1 through like around 16, and see how God gave Ezekiel a word for the false shepherds because they were not shepherding the people the way they were supposed to. They were there for dishonest gain, and they were ruling the people with great cruelty and being harmful and hurtful to the people. So God says, you beware. You better watch out. Because one day, the true shepherd is going to come, the true shepherd being Jesus. And when he comes, he's going to tend to these sheep and build these sheep up and strengthen these sheep. And every shepherd that is worth their weight in gold will look to Jesus as their example in tending to the flock. Now, he says this. He says, don't be lords over those entrusted to you. He says, you be an example to the flock. So the responsibilities of these shepherds, they're to shepherd, they're to oversee, and finally they're to be examples. And I know that's not in your outline, but if you want to write that down, that's great. Shepherd, 
oversee and to be examples, to lead by example, to be the one who's willing to step out in faith first and say, this is what God is calling us as a people to this is where he's calling us to go, so I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to trust that you'll follow after me. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley, with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.